The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello, welcome to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. It's 10.30 on Wednesday evening. Um, Lily is actually in Papua New Guinea for a few months, so it's just me and Emma on, in the studio tonight. Uh, so first up, as usual, I think it's time for Gripe of the Week. We might have a few this week. Oh, do, you, do you know what? I've actually got a little gripe right now, which is that I've got your grape in front of me and I've written mine somewhere else. But oh. that doesn't matter. I mean, like, I could read your grape. Yeah, should we read each other's grapes out? Yeah, but I guess it wouldn't be that funny because, like, I don't... I, yeah, I can't do your comic timing. Yeah, yeah we, you're right. I'm not, I'm not very to, funny. To make each other's stories funny. Do you want to start, Catherine, with your actual grape, which is yours? Uh, yeah, okay. So I've actually got uh, two gripes. One Perfect. is liquid eyeliner. It's really integral part of my maquillage. Um... <laughs> That's French for makeup. <laughs> I find it really annoying because it is, isn't it? Yeah, we've got a French speaker in the room. He's agreeing. I didn't even do that deliberately. Uh, so what I find is that it's just really hard to get a good quality liquid eyeliner. Like really, it, you know, it comes out really bumpy on your <laughs> eyelid. That's a real Especially problem. as my eyes are getting kind of more and more wrinkly as I get older. It's harder to get is a straight that the line. Is here? That you're getting a bit Age, aging, yeah. It's hard. Um, so where the wrinkles are, it's kind of zigzagging. So it's like a kind of zigzaggy line. It's not a straight line. That's a problem. What's gripe number two? Gripe number two is kind of based around when you're jealous of someone else's gift. So it kind of makes me seem quite bad, but um, a bit petty, perhaps. To be honest, just a <laughs> reprehensible person when people find the details of this one. But I, um, so my mum said, I'm sending uh, you and James, so James being my boyfriend, some presents in the post. I'm Already getting... I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I mean, your parents shouldn't be sending presents to your loved ones. So Just you. I'm getting a run of the mill, very nice, I'm sure, can't wait to receive it, chocolate advent calendar. And I was really pleased about that. I was genuinely so happy that she remembered. There were a few Christmases where she actually forgot and didn't send me an advent calendar. I mean, come on. I might be 28 in December, but I still want an advent calendar from my mum. What was she playing at? So anyway, she's rectified that. I'm she's pleased. I'm really pleased about that. But James, who admittedly has had a very trying week and has been in some, you know, he's not been very well. He's getting an extra special one. And now I'm just really jealous. He's getting a Ginvent calendar. It's an advent calendar with, in each box, a mini bottle of gin. Is it labelled as a gin vent calendar yeah. or did you make up that word yourself? No, it's labelled as gin okay. vent. I thought it was a portmanteau it was like crafted. gin vent 2014. Sounds exciting. Well, my gripe is I almost missed a show um, because I don't have any geographical understanding or expertise on using Google Maps and got really lost and confused. And apparently when you type in borough into your Google Maps, it just thinks that any borough of London counts as borough. So I ended up at Burgess Park, which isn't where we are, which isn't where I wanted to be. And then I tried to get a taxi. I mean, I did get a taxi and then I couldn't get any cash out. And it was very, very traumatic. But the point is I'm here now. So obviously it's not been that disastrous of a gripe. You're here in quite good time as well. It depends when you wanted me to be here, I guess. <laughs> I was a bit late because I got distracted by eating Pop-Tarts. We've got a lot of problems today. I see that. I've Three gripes each. So I think um, maybe moving on to the main topic of this week's show. Is it not just grapes? <laughs> Do you want to keep going? Have you got more? Feel a bit sweaty? <laughs> uh, many grapes. 
Well, let's go back to a more relaxing time when we were super happy. It was sunny. Everything was blissful. It actually was quite a stressful, fairly stressful time because it was quite busy, but we enjoyed it anyway. In July, I started reading a book called Wild and Elemental Journey. Great name. Uh, It's by a writer called Jay Griffiths. And I was really very delighted when we were invited to cover a festival with Resonance FM um, where Jay was actually speaking. So we got to meet her. Um, It was Port Elliott Festival in Cornwall and we got to interview Jay and other people too. Published in 2007, Wild was actually shortlisted for the All World Prize and there was a review which really stood out for me as someone who's really enjoyed reading it. It was uh, by Ian Beetlestone from The Observer and he described it as being part travelogue, part call to arms and wholly original. So in the first extract of the interview, Jay tells us a bit about Wild and how it came to be and her writing career so far. I wrote a book about the politics of time um, and then I wrote a seven-year book. It was a long, long journey to the Arctic and the Australian deserts and West Papua and the Amazon to um, talk to indigenous people about the land and about wilderness in particular and about the kind of wildness also of the human spirit, everyone's human spirit. Um, And then more recently, I've done a book about childhood called Kith, The Riddle of the Childscape, um, which is much to do with kind of how different cultures perceive childhood. Um, And also all sorts of aspects of kind of things that children have always needed, like dens and privacy and trees um, and I've also written a short novel which is partly about the life of Frida Kahlo um, but only partly <laughs> which is called A Love Letter from a Stray Moon Great, I think we have lots of questions about all those books coming yeah, up absolutely. So that's really great. Do you want to kick us off Catherine? Well I'm actually reading Wild at the moment um, we're in the Arctic uh, absolutely love it the thing that really struck out for me is that it's a real personal journey with you. I know that you're saying it's about going to meet Indigenous peoples, learn from them and hear about their experience of how they interact with the landscape. I just wondered, where does that... I think, is it fair to say wildness is a bit of an obsession of yours? <laughs> Seven years, at least. Um, where did that come from? You know, Well, I think it's like... It's a bit of one of those things. It was a, it was a lifelong lack. Um, until I started writing that book. Um, I had actually finished my previous book, which was about time, talking about wild time, you know, time that is not enclosed. And then um, a couple of people suggested to me that I wrote about wildness and wilderness. And it seemed like something that, you know, that we kind of feel it, we know what it is, you know, it has a kind of iridescence, it has a calling to us. Um, And also we are wild ourselves, you know, we're sort of semi-domesticated at best. (laughs) Some of us. Some of us. But not always in the toilets at festivals, I find. (laughs) Do you think you're wild? Um, Do I think I'm wild? I think I definitely have wild inclinations. Um, I think that I would like to be wilder, but... I don't know whether day-to-day life really allows me to to do that. There are certain things that I really enjoy, like having bonfires and, you know, running around and being in open space. And that's obviously the kind of impulses I think that Jay was talking about. Um, I think I've gone feral. You think you're feral? Yeah, I've kind of become a bit more feral, a bit more feral than I was. I've just, I've kind of stopped washing as much as I used to. I feel like that's kind of feral. Is that wild? 
I'm um, more at one with like the natural bacteria that's forming in my body because I'm just not washing as much as I used to. Um, I think there's but definitely think a wildness. That as wilderness. There's, there's, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. I think, I think there's a there's a wilderness and a wildness going on there. Um, yeah, especially like my hair is crazy. The kid that I worked with told me it was tangled and messy. Tangled and messy. How well, did that I, come up? I actually was explaining to him what the word tangled meant, and he looked at me and he was like, "Like your hair, it's a mess." <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like fair. you know that child was quite wild, wild point of view. <laughs> I think you know the main issue is having constraints, isn't it? Like having to be at places, set times, and having codes of behaviour, and that's what reigns in you know your natural impulses. So you've got to find a way to express yourself. Maybe that's kind of why people enjoy art and. You know, things like that. Because it's, you know, you've got to have a release. It's that wild part of you coming out. Could we always be wild? Let's just go totally wild. What do you want to do? Um, like, live in a hut. <laughs> really far away from everyone and never wash again. Does that count? Is that that sounds good. I feel like we kind of do, do that when we've been to a few festivals. Like, we definitely... I guess so. When we went to um, Benicassim, none of us showered for like seven days. I got fed up of wildness. I did shower, but it was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> I did shower back then. Those are days. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would like to be a bit more wild in general. I think maybe, I don't know. You're right. Festivals probably is a place where people think like we can go wild. This is our one weekend of like freedom. We don't have to wash. We don't have to brush our teeth. We can just drink in the morning, like have a breakfast beer. And that's totally acceptable. I think that is part of like the appeal of festivals for sure. Absolutely. Um, so... From that first extract, Jade talks a bit about her um, work and how Wild came about. And um, Wild is, I think, as that reviewer said, it's kind of a travelogue. Um, it's also a history book and it's a story about her own kind of psychology, um, why, why, why she wants to go and meet people who lead different ways of um, life. And she talks a lot about actually getting to know the people that she lives with. And uh, we asked if she actually considered herself an explorer and how in this role she was able to build relationships with the cultures she visited. I never thought of myself as a discoverer, explorer or anything like that, never, never. What I felt like was a guest that, you know, that, that and in all the places that I went to, um, I went by invitation because I think that's a very important aspect. Um, the very first place that I went was the Amazon and it was probably the kind of e e the biggest personal part of the story to me because I had been in a very very depressed state for some months and then somebody I knew who was an anthropologist who had worked with shamans in the Amazon suggested that I tried ayahuasca with them and it was the most exceptional experience because it's a very, very powerful ritual medicine. You know, it is absolutely not a kind of recreational drug. And, um, and as a medicine, it was enormously powerful, especially taken in that context of this, you know, ancient idea of healing. Absolutely um, remarkable in its subtlety and its use of music, its use of the fact of the forest around you. When you had sort of your own experience and taking what you describe as being, a, you saw it very much as a, a ritual, a medicine that, mm. that healed you. Yes. What was that experience like? Were you aware of what was going on at the time or is it something where you look back on it and you're, it's hazy? No, 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 no. It it was it was an awareness, but it was like an awareness of yourself dreaming, I'd say, but a dream that you can remember very, very well. In this next extract, we asked Jay whether she saw her work as being political. 
my work is political in the sense that I don't want to take just, you know, one culture's view of the world, that sort of very Euro-American-centric idea that, you know, that we have the answers and other people don't. And, and um, also my, you know, my work has a kind of gender politics to it. Inevitably, it's like, you know, if you care about life and its manifestations, you will care about equality. You'll care also about kind of, you know, creatures and, you know, and a habitat and all those things. But again, I think it's it's like a um, it's a, it's partly a personal politics of freedom that that we live today in a way that is remarkably unfree, remarkably enclosed, which is possibly why there is this desire to kind of get out of your head from time to time. <laughs> well, I think she really hits the nail on the head there. Like you know, people feel trapped and constrained, so they do kind of things that people would consider to be wild in like a negative context and I suppose that what she wants to do is reclaim the idea of um, wildness as actually being a good thing like it's not just you know violence or being kind of I don't know rampant in some way rampant and this is, it makes me like cause to mind like one of our favorite like people that we always talk about on the show for some reason the naked rambler like that yeah. to me is like being properly wild yeah and I totally no agree regard. with you he's someone who um you know I just can't think of a good reason why it's illegal and it, we, we've, we've had debates about this um amongst ourselves the very least women about whether public nudity is ever okay and we all always think it is though don't we we it's not do not much of a debate because we're all saying yeah it's great but um it. Lucy who sometimes joins us she was she was very against this concept but I think as soon as you start making the natural body illegal then you know you're taking away basic freedom and you're kind of changing people's viewpoints of what is like what is in a naked body and what's natural and what's normal. It's causing problems like now people not being able to breastfeed in shops. You know, that's because we have a almost revulsion of like your own naked self. So what do you think? Everyone naked all the time? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> in forest nudity. <laughs> um, so in our third um, extract from our interview, um, one of the reasons why Jay was actually at Port Elliot Festival was to talk about her book Kith, which is a book about modern parenting and how children are limited by a lack of time, space and places just to play and be children um, and use their imaginations, I suppose, as well. Uh, so Port Elliot was actually a very family-friendly uh, festival and just days before it was announced that there was a new minister for education. Um, so we'd actually asked Jay if she was hopeful for um, Nikki Morgan's tenure and uh, what she felt about the future for children in this country. Am I hopeful? What's a party? Come on! <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? What gives me hope is what gives me hope is children themselves. What gives me hope is their curiosity. What gives me hope is the fact that you know that of all the things that you never need to teach a child, you never need to teach a child the, the phrase "it's not fair," for instance. Elemental politics starts there. Fabulous. You also never need to teach a child to say why and why and why before that and the why before that until you get right back, as one friend of mine did, exasperated by a small child's whys. And he looked at this small child with a very fixed grin and said, The Big Bang. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I think it's quite interesting what she's saying about, about children being wild, I guess, because like I'm working in like an inner city school at the moment, and it's like just crazy how much the kids just don't experience being in the outdoors. Like we went to like Greenwich Observatory, and there was like a kind of grassy spot next to it, and all the ki- we just everyone was like, let's just let the kids play out here for like hours because our playground is just like concrete. They don't get to go outside. Like loads of them never been on trains, been like anywhere else. Like it's kind of mad. And like I remember one of the people I work with saying like, "Oh, I don't like walking on the grass. It makes me feel funny." And I just thought that's such a sad sentiment that to be passing sad. on to the kids as that's well. Really like, sad. oh, it makes me feel funny. Don't like it. Don't I, like being outdoors is also what said. What said? Don't like eating outdoors. These are all great things. Yeah, and I I do think that sometimes fears that you get when you're very young become quite ingrained as well. So, for example, um, I know that you know out of love and. Uh, feeling protective my dad was very much like you know you shouldn't go anywhere on your own because you could be snatched you know that kind of thing and it just always left me this feeling of I don't want to go exploring by myself and being on your own and feeling confident doing things on your own is a really important part of being an adult and I think for maybe a lot of girls especially you get very used to maybe just being quite insecure about that and you know perfectly valid reasons why you might feel intimidated about walking on your own at night time but if you really let these things stop you from living your life then it can become you know quite alienating you can feel quite lonely and quite unconfident um, and I realized this quite recently when I started um, going for walks after dinner with my boyfriend because we found that we were just sitting watching TV all the time so we'd have dinner and then you know maybe um, so obviously it's winter time but it would get to like nine o'clock in the evening so really dark not that many people around and we'll go for like a half an hour to hour long walk just around our area and I realized I just wouldn't feel comfortable doing it on my own like just going down roads where there isn't anyone where it's not a main road all that kind of stuff and this is somewhere where I live And it's something which I think I have a particular issue with because I, you know, really felt like I couldn't when I was younger. What do you think would make you feel more safe Um, if you were on your own? Maybe if I'd ever done any (laughs) self-defence. Should we start going? I'm always being asked to come to uh, my Thai kickboxing class and I always say no, but maybe we should start going. Yeah, I mean, people always say that it does make you feel like kind of um, empowered or dense. I think generally actually just exercise does that like even if it's not self-defense just doing something where you know that you like can run and you've got like your reflexes anything like that I think so really helps. So you should come to football Monday then. Yeah um, I should. <laughs> I have another little question for you which was like so I actually know I'm about to ask you something that should maybe gonna belie my ignorance of the area you grew up in even though I've been there like would you consider about the countryside? Oh, um, I like to think of it as being the countryside because it just feels nicer than saying a small industrial, the edge of a small industrial town outside Leicester doesn't really. The thing about London is that you're in the city, you're in the suburb and then you're in the countryside and you have to drive or go on a train for a significant amount of time to get to the point where you actually have like loads of space. And it's really like you just feel even if you're quite far out of London, it's really built up. Leicester is not like that. It's a really rural county. So when you're in the city like you can drive for 15 minutes and then you're in the countryside so from the back of my house there's a field there's a farm and then it's really lovely and beautiful but equally five minutes walk the other direction there's like a B&Q and a TK Maxx you know so everything it's kind you need of, all in one place yeah I know it's great <sighs> um, and there's Puckapie HQ around the corner I think you're probably from having also been to your kind of the house that you grew up in you're more like urban, I would say. Gritty. Not gritty. <laughs> Just yeah, urban. definitely not the countryside. Although it doesn't take that long to get into some sort of countryside area. I don't think that I ever thought I could like run free. But I was never encouraged to run free. Like, really? 
Yeah, not at all. And actually, like, I've said this many a time already this week, but, like, it just, I feel like my parents are probably maybe more encouraging of academic pursuits. Um, and actually, <laughs> <laughs> so that was such, like, derision. Um, and I was just saying recently, when I told my dad that I went to watch a football match, which I think is quite wild, he was like, you're wasting your time. You should be reading Plato. <laughs> I feel like that's the general attitude like that I had. I don't know. We like being outside, but for like kind of restrained periods of time, our family. So we've just got one more um, extract. Um, and in this final piece, we're going to hear a bit more about Jay's most recent book, which was published in March 2014. It's called A Letter from a Stray Moon, and it's on Frida Kahlo's li- life and the cathartic urge behind her art. There's something about the way that she seems to paint on canvas that invisible interior, often immensely secret private world that we have, emotionally and physically. Um, She also um, very much, I mean, apart from, you know, the famous things about her, you know, her passionate marriage, passionate divorce from from, uh, Diego Rivera, she um, also very much wanted a child and couldn't have one as a result of the savage car crash that she, I mean, well, it was a traffic accident that she was in when she was very young. And that sense of kind of, you know, that she turned her art into motherhood. You know, she made that her kind of, you know, her focus. And there's a sense to me that she's, you know, she is somebody who absolutely defied her destiny. You know, she painted her own spell. She wrote her own prayers quite literally like you know at the bottom in the rib you know the kind of ribbons where she, at, at the bottoms of some of her paintings like sort of viva la vida long live life which she actually wrote towards the very 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 end of her life she but she is somebody who said you know i will not have the victim status you know i uh, you know she fought everything she was very transgressive she was sassy she was like a pirate you know <laughs> and uh, when there are these wonderful photographs of her as a very young woman dressed as a very very lovely young man yeah. <laughs> well i think one thing that we were talking about earlier em and i amongst ourselves was so you mentioned about this making her art as you know being an artist is being like a mother and making her art to her children. Um, do you think that it's still very controversial to be childless? Is that almost a taboo which made her work at the time um, have a kind of resonance and still perhaps affects us today? I don't think so. No, I don't. I think um, I think what it more is is that she was willing to put the grief of that onto canvas. So... Now we've got Lux Harmonium playing and this is The Bones You Break. With an eye on the time and a mind left alone I was hiding inside on a tree's throne And with one hand above and one below I couldn't push anymore cause there was nowhere to go the bones you break don't stay broken The holes you make, they stay open The 
So that was Lux Harmonium. Um, they actually played for us when we were at Port Elliot in the residence tent and they were really fantastic and very nice as well. Um, so this is the end of our show this week, but we'll be back next week. Uh, so lovely to um, be here as always. To check in with everyone. Yeah. Um, and obviously we miss Lily, but, you know, hopefully she's going to send us some stuff from Papua New Guinea. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Catherine. It's at <laughs> VLW Radio. You find us on Facebook, just search for Very Leads Women. Um, so please do follow us, check us out, like us, all that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, that's all from us. For full versions of our shows, check out verylewswomen.wordpress.com. This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.